Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil King. And me, Neil Callan. This episode is going to be a Singing in the Rain special. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and thanks for joining us. You can listen to all of our previous episodes through our accounts on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Audio Boom and Spotify. So coming up then on today's podcast, in Act 1, I'll be chatting with Danny Becker, Josh Barnett and Laura Piggott, who are playing the three lead roles of Don, Cosmo and Cathy. Then in Act 2, we both went to chat to the director, Chris Cumming, and the producer, Matt James. This is our first ever joint interview, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was very interesting. Yeah, down at the gate as well, so it was really good. Really interesting guys. We we caught up with them on day one of Tech Week. We were very lucky to sort of grab them for half an hour. And then in Act 3, then I caught up again with Danny, Josh and Laura to find out a little bit more about them in our Getting to Know You section. Well, without further ado, let's dim the house lights and lift the curtain on Act 1 and Neil's chat with Danny, Josh and Laura. There's a fiddle ready for love, I can jump over the moon of above, there's a fiddle and ready for love. We are down sitting at the Welbeck with the cast of uh, Singing in the Rain. So we have Danny Becker, who's playing Don Lockwood. Hello. Uh, Josh Barnett, who's playing Cosmo Brown. Hello. And Laura Piggott, who's playing Cathy Selden. Hi. So, um, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Thank you for having us. So, Danny, um, you've uh, trained professionally. Um, yep. You've trained both at the Brit School Performing Arts and then also at Arts Head. Yeah, I did. Uh, so, obviously, you've had quite a lot of training in there. You've had, uh, a, a, I guess, a big interest in musical theatre for, for quite some time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I trained, so I started at Brit at 16, and I did a BTEC, and that was kind of to see... If, if I could do it, yeah. more than anything, I felt like I got the confidence I needed there, um, which really propelled me towards my professional training at Arts Ed, and that was a three-year degree in musical theatre. So what was it that first gave you the, the bug? I Well, my mum tells a story when um, I was maybe one or two, she took me to see, I think it was Mr Men or something, uh, and one of and I was just absolutely enthralled in it, and I had ice cream, and the, I couldn't even eat it, and I love food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the ice cream was just pouring down my face, and I was just fixed. Um, so that's, yeah, the first thing that I think might, might have got me, but then it was definitely Amdram when I was young. My parents, I was lucky enough to live in London, so my parents took me to see a West End show each year. Wow. I think my first show was Cats I saw. Oh, right. I'm being quite scared by them, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. So, Laura, then you're currently studying at the Guildford School of Acting. Yes, I am. I'm going into my third year. Third year, right, yeah. okay. Final year. So how's, how's the whole process of, of drama school gone gone for you? Yeah, very good. It's, it's very hard, but yeah. it's it's very rewarding at the end. Like, when, when you achieve something you think you can't do for a long time, i.e. pirouettes, still working on it. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, but no, it's great. It's really great. How was the audition process for you? Mine was tough. Yeah. Um, it took me a couple of years. I went on a foundation course at GSA, um, and then I got into the degree. Right. So, um, but I'd say, like, there's some people in the cast who are auditioning for drama schools and things, and I'd say just like, just keep going because if you want it, mm. if you will get it. I think a lot of the thing that the young people that are auditioning, they don't mm. seem to think realise that. You know, they'll go along and they'll see 10, 15 other people on that day, yeah. but they won't realise that that's maybe the 30th or 40th session. Yeah. I think that's that's the same for the industry as well, though, and I think like just to stay positive, mm. to just 
keep thinking, oh, there will, there will be a yes somewhere. And you just got to keep thinking that, because if you want it enough, you definitely will. Okay, uh, so Josh then, so you are currently at the end of your second year at Arts Ed. Yeah, so like Laura, I'm just going to third year, but yeah, um, at Arts Ed. So it's an exciting time, but a daunting one, but yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. There uh, seems to be a, a really strong link with, with Arts Ed now between with, with Taylorian. And I know stories from, from previous years from uh, Ben Caron that there seems to be sort of dares and things that seem to be put in place between those going into, is it into the second year? Yeah, so there's a, there's a thing at Arts Ed that we do um, as you come from first year to second year. Um, and like, it's got a very scary name. We call it initiation, but it is just a big sort of, a, a good giggle. Um, so like, there's silly challenges set by the second years to first years. So some of those were set when when some of the art said guys have been on Ireland in the last couple of years. So like Jake, who is our dance captain and the singer in the rain, he last year had to film um, a video while we were over here. It was just a real good laugh. But th those, that, that'll be what you've heard from, yeah, from Ben Carroll. Tom, who played Caractacus last year, he had to do a, a video yeah, as well, he did, he dancing around Tesco's or something, wasn't in he? Drag. Yeah. yeah, in yeah. drag, yes. It's got a lot more extreme, though, over the years. When I was there, we never had to do videos or anything. It was just a one-night event. But now it seems to be. Now there's like little challenges <laughs> and all sorts. Haven't to worry, haven't a care. Feel like a feather to float on air. Then have a fiddle and ready for love. So this isn't your first time with Taylorian, though. This is, you're coming back for the second time, is it? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to do Chitty um, last year, um, and that was kind of a world of unknown. I sort of was like, last minute, was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to audition, and then the summer came and we got here, and I didn't really know what I was in for, and then the opportunity came up to come back again this year, and just from the time I had, I I couldn't say no. Like I have fallen in love with the island, and like. The, the company that is Taylorian, um, everyone just makes makes you feel like you're part of the team. Um, and likewise, performing the gaiety is just insane. It's a great place, the isn't it? The theatre is one of the most beautiful um, houses I think I've been in. Are there many people from, from last year's cast that are, that are back again this year? Yeah, there's a, there's a good percentage, I would say. There's quite, But then to match that, there's probably like half who I hadn't really met. This year, some we've got a few more younger company who we didn't meet last year. Um, but it's quite nice, you know, make yeah. more friends. So Danny, this is your first time then on the island yes. and with Taylorian. Yes. Uh, have you had an opportunity to get down to see the, the gaiety yet? I haven't. We no. tried to arrange it, but rehearsals have been quite intense. Yeah. Sweet. But yeah, that's just that's just the nature of putting on a show. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that in tech. I've heard it's absolutely stunning. Yeah. So that's one thing you'll notice on Laura as well, that you've seen sort of grown up with, with the, the gaiety here on the Isle of Man being one of our homegrown talents. Mm -hmm. Getting away, I suppose, and, and seeing some of the, the range of theatres around in, in the UK, they're probably not quite so fortunate as we are. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, the opportunities we've had as, a, as kids has been amazing. Like, I had my first show at the Gaiety when I was like six, and then done them nearly every year since, and it's just beautiful, and to have that opportunity has been amazing. So where, where did you start out then? Was it? I started out in Scrooge the Musical. Right. It was Manx Operatics, yeah, wasn't Manx it? Yeah, Manx And I was, I just turned eight and I was Martha Cratchit and um, had one line and I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was, well, it was beautiful. I just remember that first time, like being on the stage, being like, right, I know it's cringe, but like, this is what I want to do. Yes. Yeah. It's just beautiful. That's it. When you know, you know, don't you? Mm, yeah.
And then uh, after after that, did you was it stage one or was it Broadway that? I went to stage one. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Genius Dance Academy as well for a while. Um, two amazing schools. Um, Jackie Hawkes, their principal, is fantastic, and Gina as well. Yeah, and they were really nice stepping stones and and like training for me, definitely. Danny, um, you have fairly recently come out of Aladdin, the musical in the West End. Yeah. How was that? It was amazing. Yeah, it was it was a real dream come true job. You kind of have your sights set on the West End, um, and that was yeah a really big tick bucket list whirlwind experience. So how long were you were you in part of the cast? I was there for two years. Two years, wow. Yeah, I got asked to stay on for a second cast change, and I just didn't feel done with the show. Yeah. And yeah, I had a really amazing two years there. So how I mean obviously a lot of a lot of people on the island were used to sort of a very short sort of one maybe two week run. Yeah. How did you keep yourself going and and, and you know and motivated and, and enthusiastic about it for for two years yeah, doing the same thing tough. eight times a week? It is tough, and I definitely felt it in my second contract after about a year and a half of doing the same thing. Luckily, I had the opportunity to understudy Aladdin, so that gave me a little bit um, that gave me a lot to think about. Obviously. Yeah. It's a huge part, and I sometimes got thrown on last minute, so you always have to stay on top of that. For me, it was all the stuff I did around the show. So I started a little business um, in London at Pineapple, where I teach people dance. It was classes that you, you did yourself. I took, my, I took myself to dance class, yoga class, Pilates, singing lessons. All of that stuff keeps you going, It's I would say. But also it was that little kid in me that always reminded myself, you have to be so grateful because people might have paid hundreds and hundreds of pounds to bring their family to see this. It was yeah. really expensive. I had to give my best because... That could be that the one and only opportunity. One, and yeah, that, that kid maybe, that was the, the only show that they could see. I wanted to hopefully inspire them, you yeah. know what I mean? How does it work as, 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 an, um, as an understudy then? Do you get a certain amount of rehearsal time or is it just... Yeah, so normally how it works in the West End is you... So I was in the ensemble as well, so you get rehearsed into your ensemble track first for about a month. And then once we've opened, the understudy rehearsals start. But that can be scary because you're expected to know your stuff the moment you open. Yeah. So I've seen it loads of times where covers have gone on without any rehearsal which is the scary part, but luckily I had I could do my whole re- rehearsal process, which was about a month, got a dress and tech into the show because it's a really technical show. And then it wasn't actually until 10 months later that I went on, wow. so I had to retain the part mm. 10 months. But there are no sort of, sort of refresher rehearsals in between then? It's just... No, no, I didn't get that, unfortunately. Wow. It's a good test. Well, Laura, you know a bit about being dropped in at the last minute oh, yeah. with little or, or no rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, it was about four years ago in Sister Act, wasn't it? Yeah, we were doing Sister Act, which was one of my favourite shows to date, and I was nun number seven. Vicky Barb, who was like a woman I really look up to, unfortunately lost her voice completely, was really ill, and I was in sixth form at the time, and I got a phone call at like 9am, because we didn't have an understudy arranged. No, like in no. our drama you don't have like no. a cover or anything. So they rang me up, and because they, um, they knew I'd done The Life I Never Led for my auditions. And they were like, do you think you could do it tonight? So I got the day off school and I went down to the Gaiety and we did the blocking, we did all the scenes. I went through everything with the MD, Mark Crosland, who was amazing. And I went on that night and did the rest of the run. And it was incredible. And that was the moment where I was like, I need to go to drama school. Mm. Because we were talking about bowels and stuff. And like, after you've done 
a show and you're just such a mix of emotions of relief of mm. adrenaline and actually emotion as well like I'm not an emotional person but I was just in like floods of tears mm. like because I'd just done something so scary I actually didn't need to act because she's a scared person anyway. <laughs> yeah. so she's like, a meek little soul was just like walking around the stage like, just a scared timid cat um, but no it was amazing it was incredible and it's yeah. a dream role like I'd love to play that in the future as well it's just yeah. such a lovely part it was it was a fantastic thing to see because I was I was there that night because I was part of the production team so I'd I'd come down sort of saying you know, sat their fingers yeah, crossed yeah. and you just I think everyone was nailed it absolutely nailed it it was oh. fantastic. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Moving on then, um, I've been lucky to see some clips of of the rehearsals that you've had so far and there's some. Uh, some some big numbers on the go there, especially Good Morning. How's how's that going? It's intense. Um, <laughs> it's good fun. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah. This like Chris um, Cumming, our director. His choreography is challenging, but beautifully inventive and really lovely to dance. Mm. And now we're at a point where kind of steps of are kind of in the body and we're starting to play with the relationships between our characters as we're dancing mm. um, which is a massive thing we really wanted to think carefully about how we can how like dance like like when you sing dance should further the plot arguably of the show and should tell the story you don't just dance for no reason and so now we're really starting to explore that in the rehearsal room yeah. like why do these three people at 1.30 in the morning suddenly decide to go into a five minute tap break <laughs> <laughs> um but no, yeah, it's great fun. But yeah, who has the rewarding. energy at that time of the morning to break into a massive Exactly. Energy? I mean, it's such a big, iconic number from, from the show as well, yeah. from, the, from the film. I mean, it's, if, if no one knows anything else about the show, they will know Singing in the Rain and they will know Good Morning. So they're, you know, they're yeah. two big, big numbers yeah. there. We did a, a first full run piecing everything together last night. The boys, I don't know how they do it, like after after routine, after routine, I'm just prepping myself for good morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Act one is crazy. It's Act crazy. one is where every it's single crazy. number comes. Yeah. We've got Fit as a Fiddle start, then um, Make Em Laugh comes, then we've got Moses Supposes, and then Good Morning, it's just like one <laughs> after the other, back to back, and then, yeah. Uh, make Em Laugh, though, that's a pretty epic one for yourself, I suppose. Yeah, it's... it's Pretty insane. <laughs> we've we've really tried to get everything into it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done so much. I know you were practicing the the attempted run up the wall and flip. How has that worked out for you? Or no, we've <laughs> <laughs> got yeah, a much we're, we're, more impressive ending. All right. Yeah. yeah Health and safety getting in the way on that one, did it? Yeah, we're just we're pulling in. Um, shall we say we're pulling in different elements, and you just have to come and see. Yeah. To see what the big finish will be. But hopefully, it's just as impressive. Yeah. I think more. It's it's really amazing. Mm. Thank you. I mean, the, the Gaiety Theatre in itself is a is a challenge itself because you know it's it's very much a a museum piece mm. as well as a, a working theatre. Mm. So there obviously there's going to be some some challenges with, with lots of different things in there. I and mean, obviously one of the biggest thing is going to be rain on stage. I think that's going to be something that's uh, very exciting for, for a lot of people to see. Because I mean, Tayloring are not one for for sort of shying away from the the spectacle. Obviously with the flying car last year and. I think it's so doable. Like the team we've got on Taylorian is just incredible. They do anything to make anything work. And I think the rain will be something really special. And if you want to be in the splash zone, rows yeah. one to four. <laughs> makes, it, makes it sound like SeaWorld. <laughs> I think that's one thing that stands out for like, this, for Danny and I. Like back home, the kind of 
level of production that a company made up of people who mainly do this for just for the love and passion of theatre is truly remarkable hmm. and the opportunity for everyone to audition and be in shows of this caliber is something so special and something that back, yeah like back home for example you probably have to pay a lot of money to get involved in something like that mm -hmm. you, you'd never have no, with this, no. this value to it it just doesn't happen it is remarkable to me it feels like Production, really. Yeah, I and mean, that's something that I know Taylorian and, and a lot of the, the societies on the island that they, they strive for. Yes, they're amateur societies, but they aim to put that that level of professionalism mm -hmm. as, as much as, the, as they can. The only thing amateur about the shows is that they don't get paid for them. Yeah, completely. Totally. You just have to look at pictures of most of the productions that happen yeah. at the Gaiety, yeah. and it's just like, wow. <laughs> so um, I would imagine, though, for, for, the, for the two of you guys, um, that probably the majority of what you've seen of, of the island has been the rehearsal room in your hotel. But I guess you've been out a, a little bit because you've been out doing some recording for some of the, the silent movie scenes. Yes, we went to a castle and a school. I don't quite remember the names, <laughs> but they were stunning. They were absolutely stunning. And I got to have a little beach walk this morning along the prom. The little I've seen of the island is yeah. gorgeous. But I think we're going to take a cast trip on the weekend, next weekend. So hopefully I'll get to see a little bit more. Yeah, I was the, the, one of the great things about living and growing up on the island is that you're never too far from the sea or the oh, countryside. Yes. You know, it's, it's yeah. So, Laura, then, one final question then for you. So, Singing in the Rain, then, the rehearsal process has been, been pretty intensive with everything sort of crammed into sort of two or three weeks. It's a bit of a, a change from the days of Max Ops and DCU where you get to spread it out over yeah. sort of three or four months. Yeah. How's that been for you? I've really enjoyed it. I like having intense blocks because at school at the moment we just have like five weeks to do a project yeah although we've got like dance classes and everything going on it's quite nice to intensively do it so I've just done the hired man before I came here that was our first like public pr production and then I came straight into this which is really amazing but yeah I like it it's really good I guess it's moving more towards a, a professional way of doing it where you don't have months and months and months to rehearse a show you've literally got a, a short period and, and you're on yeah I think so I think it's nice to have it is your sole aim and focus because then you can put your all into it at one at one time in the hours we rehearse. So we've got some really good work done and really good focus in yeah. the rehearsal room. So that's really good. Although I suppose one of the benefits you do have on the pro show is you have a few weeks of the of previews and time to sort of tweak it and get it right. Whereas here, opening night is opening night and that's it, we're away. I think with previews as well, there's a lot of pressure with that too. Yeah. Though I can't yeah. imagine like pressure with that but yeah okay well that's it for now thank you very much everyone thank you for, for chatting with us on the max did podcast thank you to danny josh and laura for that chat uh, they seem like really nice people yeah it was and it was it was great to, to catch them with a a bit of time out of what's a, a pretty hectic rehearsal schedule. What amazed me was was listening to Danny about talking about how his rehearsals were on Aladdin and how initially had a month's worth of rehearsals and they opened the show and then I think he was about open for about a month and then he got all his uh, his understudy rehearsals, which lasted about a month and then that was it. And it was nine months then before he went on as Aladdin and and never got another rehearsal. That's amazing. It was astonishing, yeah. Okay, well, fantastic. Um, so let's move on with the show. On to Act 2, where we both went down to the Gaiety Theatre on a nice Saturday to have a chat with producer Matt James and director Chris Cumming. I'm singing in the rain Just singing in the rain What a glorious feeling I'm having 
So here we are, it's Saturday the 27th of July. Myself, Neil King and Neil Cullen are here in the Gaiety Theatre and we're talking to Matt James and Chris Cumming, the producer and director of Singing in the Rain. Guys, thanks so much for chatting to us. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, now it's getting day today, one of the most stressful days in theatre. Mm. Um, how are you both feeling? Remarkably calm, actually. Yeah. It's all going to plan and... It's a massive project, this. It's much bigger than we thought. Well, I definitely I thought when Matt and I started talking about shows last year. But yeah, it's going very smooth. It's all going to plan. You know, that's why we sit and write up plans. And it's, it's going to plan. The water company, water sculptures are currently in doing the many layers of covering and, and stuff. So yeah, it's all going really well. Uh, the, the build's been epic on this one. Um, like, the work collaborations really kind of come to fruition on this project of many departments and many places over the UK and here that are building and painting has been going on. So yeah, it's good. Matt, how are you feeling? Oh, absolutely fine. Yeah. yeah um, I'm elated in how it's to date, if I'm being brutally honest with you. I'm immensely excited. I've fallen back in love with musical theatre through this show. There's not been a dull moment for me. I, I have probably been to more rehearsals when I've not been meant to be there. <laughs> uh, true, but yeah. yeah it's you lovely. Know, yeah, I it's s- sit and watch and, and I can see certain people looking at me seeing what I'm thinking and I would say 99% I've had a smile on my face. Oh, I have a smile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it, Super it, Yeah. Um, we've, we've had our we've, we've had little battles yeah. but, but, they have, but they've been good battles you know where um, the, the doors have been closed on us but we've managed to reopen them and yeah. uh, you, you don't find out until until you know how things are going to happen as Chris said about two seconds ago he said to me originally, oh, Chitty was, this will be, this will be really easy. It's a really easy, yeah. technical <laughs> show. Technical show, and, and um, it's actually, um, it's far more technical than Chitty ever was. And I think the main reason is because of the water. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we've got water sculptures who you guys just saw beforehand coming in. You can see the preparation on how the floor's being laid and being headed up by our stage manager, Wally. You know, he's very, very cautious how this is going to be. And the whole insurance period for this production has been tough. Yeah. Tough. We've had to answer every question you can imagine over the last three and a half weeks. Yeah. And we finally got there yesterday. <laughs> Always a relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the thing is, you know, we're working in such a beautiful venue. And obviously, therefore, the, you have to just be really careful to protect the venue yeah. as well. as you know. And I, when I first met Alistair from Warsaw, just told me all these stories of when it was on tour. And, and, you know, what's great about working with them is they're so open. And that's what's been so wonderful. It's been really creative in terms of going, well, we'd like to try that. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'd like to try that. Let's try. And so it's, there's a, there is like a still probably like 10, 15% that we're like, well, until it all really happens. Yeah. It's been education, isn't it? It's been great yeah. education yeah. again. Yeah. That's what's great. I mean, my three years at Taylorian, it's like we've learned, we've learned, we've learned, we've learned. And, you know, that's the only way of doing it. And what's great about working with Matt and our team, uh, with Vicky and Jen, is we sit down and we talk and yes it can be hard but we make it work and then but we learn so then the next time we know what we're doing and I think that's why this year you know is going to be a real game changer for the company totally yes and with something like the gate as well I mean it's, it has its challenges in itself with along with it being a working theatre it's still yes. very much a, a museum piece as well so. well that is what's hard that's what especially with the stage and the floor mm. the floor's so protected because obviously the workings underneath the floor it's the only theatre I've ever seen that have still got all the workings underneath. No theatre in town have it. They've all wiped them out so yeah. they can put all of their hydraulics. So it is, that's one of the charms of the gaiety, but then obviously the more technical you become or the more technical theatre becomes, it makes it harder and harder 
to uh, to work. The floor's always a problem. Last year it was the weight of Chitty. <laughs> this year it was, can you put loads of water on it? <laughs> and and we always, well, as you know, Neil, you've, you've, you've been a tailoring boy, and as you know, we try we try to always raise the bar. Yeah. And we could have quite easily done rain effect yeah. through cinematography quite easily within that. But why? Yeah. We've got the most fantastic company that's been mm. led by the most incredible three principals yeah. who are stunning. Yeah. They're absolutely stunning. With a, with a stunning company as well. And with the talent they've got, let's, let's, let's make it rain. Let's yeah. do it. Exactly. Let, yeah. let, let's do it. And let's do it for the audience as well. Exactly. If the ability's there to do it, why not? Why not? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know. And that's that's something that, that Tailoring is, is fairly synonymous with, the, the, with, with like, pushing that envelope and, and raising that bar. And there's always some kind of a, a spectacle to, to the show of, of some element, whether it's the flying car, yeah, yeah. it's the rain, it's the revolves. The and chandelier. The things, chandeliers, yes. I think it's really important. I think, A, you know, we're very lucky to have the summer season. And we don't take that lightly. We take that very seriously. And it's kind of an honour to have the slot, a slot that is nowhere to be seen, really. In the, in, in the UK so to have it is really exciting and, to, and therefore it's going well people are coming over and therefore there's an expectation and we had that it's also fun for people to be in totally 9% of our audience are holiday makers yeah. Yeah, which is fabulous and I think, I think the way the tailoring has, we've made our chains we've, we've got a new focus we've got a new leader we always love to meet entrepreneurs from the UK mm. and I honestly believe from the bottom of my heart that if we could have cast this on Ireland, we would have cast on Ireland. Yeah. Back in the day, uh, when the youth weren't leaving the island at 16 to head off to whatever drama school or whatever yeah. sixth form drama here, you know, it, there's much more variety now. We haven't got that. No. And to bring in who um, Danny, for instance, you know, we've got a leading man who played Aladdin in the West End. Yeah. You know, he's leading a company, and you can just see the locals how they've risen to to the man leading it. Yeah, and I guess with this sort of the, the professional sort of input that we have these days, so much more so than you know back in sort of the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Um, the standard of of, of of education for for the youngsters coming through is that much higher. That there are more people heading away and going off to drama school yeah. and, and getting a, a career, which I suppose in a way is, is a blessing for them, but also it's a potential curse for us with our, yeah. our local facilities Absolutely. that they're just not here at the moment. So. Absolutely. But to see this is this is a very new tailoring cast. A lot of people that haven't performed on the tailoring before. And the quality mm. of the teenagers up to the early 20s, the physicality of them, the machines on their feet, the tap they've got to do in Act 1 and Act 2, and their vision, flawless. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I know that um, bringing people, well, the whole lingo of, all oh, they're, they're from across and stuff, but, you know, having worked with the Arts Council and stuff, it's something to be championed. It's about, yeah, totally. it's about where we're bringing in talent that... that, that our younger generation can learn from. And it's not just our younger generation, it's our older generation can still be working and still, for those who have trained and come home or for those who are still trying, wanting to learn and be part of it. They get to learn off people who are doing it. And the same twofold, Danny's, you know, having spoken to him, he's loving it, you know, because it's a really different experience for him. It's mentally challenging him because of the amount he's got to learn mm. in the short time. And, and all of them, you know, we've got a act, massive acting musician element to the show this year. So a lot of live, live actors who are playing the instruments as part of the action, which is, from what I've been told, not, not really happened a lot before, or if ever. I, um, I don't believe I've seen users on stage here. No, it's no, part of no. the action. And, yeah. and that's brilliant. And so we've, they've learned more. And, and, and Josh, who's playing Cosmo, I mean, he's literally the music man. Totally. You know, who's got 
everything happening at once. He's, the, he's the quintuple threat, isn't he? Literally. Yeah. But very humble, though, because yeah, 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 when, very humble. when he performed last year in, in Chitty, you wouldn't have known that he could play the piano. You yeah. wouldn't have known he could yeah. play the yeah. piano. You wouldn't have known he could play the piano. And had a fabulous Absolutely. time. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and this year he's acting, singing, yeah. dancing, <laughs> playing the saxophone, yeah. playing the piano, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. goodness knows where else. Absolutely. And also the, the standard of the Manx in this show is very high. It's very, very high. And for the overseas performers to come and join the standard of that, they were on it. Yeah. If that makes sense. They were really on it. And have to draw it. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as a pro creative, I don't, I wouldn't get the opportunity to do what I can do here in the UK or, or in town, you know, Singing in the Rain's, well, it's going to go back on tour next year, it's going to settle as well. So when would I get to do that? Yeah. And so we can do something so special here. Same with Chitty. You know, yes, maybe amateurly I could have done it, but to do a, a kind of a semi pro pro show, which is, you know, we are semi pro. I mean, gosh, when you look at it all on scale, compared to even a lot of fringe in town and, and across the UK, we're way beyond that. And, and, and when do I, as a creative, get to do that? And, and all of us as creatives. It's been amazing. Rebecca, you know, she's been so, you know, she's done um, Bat Out of Hell and Understand, all these things, and, and she's kind of like, oh my God, this is so exciting because we can literally do what we want, you know? Mm. So it's a very exciting place. And big, big um, thumbs up to the very kind, generous people who support us mm. um, to financially put on a production like this uh, because they're not cheap you know? no. and so, so without that financial support from on island companies and angels we wouldn't wouldn't be in that situation and I've also got to say that for myself having the production team that we put together and works under Chris while Chris hasn't been on Ireland they are really really in a, sh in a very short time they've had the, the local company here as well mm -hmm. they, they've done a tremendous job really? you know, Emma Cayley Mandy, and also with Gareth mm. uh, and the team behind, they've done a wonderful, <coughs> wonderful, wonderful job. Karen and Jenny, Debbie. Yeah. Uh, they, they promise you always forget somebody, but you know, <laughs> they, they, they all know. And, and it's come up really quickly now, hasn't it? Do you believe? I, I, I thought it came around. Like, yeah. we've been talking about this since you know last November, yeah. and it's it's August. It's so exciting. We chose to not do a, a Sunday performance this year purely because it's tough. Yeah. So it's amazing knowing that in December we're doing a table on Christmas number two. Yes, number two. Yeah, I think with Jason. That's it. Jason Manford. And uh, so that's very exciting. And then also that's our first Taylor in Villa Marina gig. Right. Okay. Yeah, so really cool. So that's so. so yeah, it's um, big times. Big times. Big <laughs> times. And it's great. So Chris, then, what, what first got you started in, in musical theatre? Well, I started dancing when I was four because I watched The Nutcracker on Christmas. And then when I, um, when I was, I think it was like seven, the pianist in the ballet class asked my mum if I wanted to do a, a show. So I was in Fiddle on, on, on the Roof. It sounds so cringe to say that I was born for it, but <laughs> I've never really had a time where I've ever wanted to do anything else or thought. I'm actually doing anything. <laughs> no, I just funny because, you, you know, I've thought, I have thought about the army. I'd love to do the army. If it all failed, I'd love to join the army. I think I'd love the routine, and like, I'm very strict, so I think I'd be good on the army. But no, beyond that, no, yeah, so, yeah, fiddle on the roof, and then I just did Amdram from literally the age of seven to the point where my mum became my agent, and I was doing, I did about, I did, one year I did 20 shows, Amdram shows in a year. Right. So I, do, I just do different rehearsals, because male dancers were such a, a rare, or still are, a massive rarity. So it was just great, it was brilliant. 
on them. It cost a lot of petrol money, but <laughs> it was great. So yeah, that was my, my entry. So professionally then, has directing and choreographing always been the thing, or did yeah. you sort of start as an actor and sort of switch over? Sadly, what's sad, the education system's changed slightly, but because GCSEs and A-levels, you, you effectively are always the actor. You never really knew there was another role, and it was all just based around improvisation. And then again, naivety, and luckily there are fantastic things out there now that there weren't when I was younger, but you can find out about directing choreograph and designing and all that stuff it was only I kind of thought oh I better audition then and, and, and thought God, this is just horrendous they, they say in a dance call okay everyone find a space so I'd run to the back of the room <laughs> and everyone's at the front and I'm going why, why is everyone at the front like you can't copy it but, but it was all those little signs and then um, and then yeah I, I started directing Amdram when I was 18 I started choreographing and then just kind of it all built up and then I did a, my degree in, in, in directing and producing actually hilariously and now I'm actually a choreographer, director. So yeah, it's all quite bizarre. Just one of the things, it's all just kind of happened, and I, you kind of look back and go, I don't quite remember when it all yeah. happened. It's just, it's funny that I get people... Quite organic. Really organic, yeah. and people message me, it's really lovely, I mean, God knows what they think they're going to get from it, but they go, oh, can I meet you and talk about becoming a choreographer? And you go, you can, but I don't quite know what I'm going to... What I'm actually going to tell you, yeah. because it's kind of just all happened. Yeah, so you just need to be open to the opportunities. Yeah, that you do. Yeah. yeah, you totally do. I mean, this was an opportunity that I never thought would have, you know, ever have happened. And our musical director and I had worked for Kelvin. And then it all just happened. And it was, you know, and so it's, that's just by chance. And I spoke to Matt for about 10 minutes on a train. Couldn't really quite hear. <laughs> and then an email later, I was over. Yeah. You know, it was bizarre, really, when you look at it, think about it. Sometimes yeah. you just have to jump in and, and, and hope for the best. Totally. Just fake them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Especially here, I love it. Right time, right place. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Luck's a funny thing. I always say with luck, you, you have to put yourself in the position to get the luck. But he's a family man as well. In yeah. three years I've known him, I feel like I've known him a lot longer. And, and he doesn't sit in his hotel, he'll come to dinner and he'll, he'll stay or go to someone mm. and sit and we are family. Tayloran is a is a is a big family as well. I mean, this is the thirteenth year of Tayloran, and yes. I think it's the fourteenth show. And yeah. there are people that come back year and year again. And I think uh, there was a conversation with them. I think Lois Mooney thinks she's worked out that she's done thirteen out of the fourteen shows, yeah, only missing nice. underneath the arches because she was probably about six at the yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think is it that, that keeps bringing people back year after year? All they have to do is perform. Yeah. All they've got. All they have to do is come along and do their job. And do their job. Mm. And. That's what we ask. I think it's also, I think there is something about, and I'm, I'm saying this from a kind of observer point of view, because of what we said earlier about the fact we don't just put on a show. We don't just go, oh, we're going to do the show and we'll hire a set and we'll do all of that. You're passing you. This production is going to run for two weeks and then it will never happen again. Yeah. And it's a brand new production, brand new concept. Everyone in that company has created a role for themselves. It's not just stand and sing and smile and maybe do a few dance steps. Everyone's created a character. And so you're part of something. And I think that's what's so special about, especially in, in my, my time here. And, and I know that from, from my predecessor's time, like, everyone has a character. Everyone has a... We really care about everyone on that stage. It's not like, oh, you know, and, and correctly, and this is why amateur societies are there, is so that everyone can be in a show and that everyone gets the opportunity Whilst we may allow everyone to have the opportunity to audition, we have a standard, yeah. and we're very clear about that, and, I, and that's not to be arrogant at all, it's just about going, we put on this show, this is the level of what we need in order to create what we want. And what's great is that what we found this year with the new people, people who step want to, they want yeah. to step up, they want to be brilliant. The technology today also helps, which means that we can see each other, yes. <laughs> yeah. and we can arrange meetings and Skype, 
Mm. So from day one, outside of the rehearsal side, Chris has had the te- technical side of the team, the company side of the team, all speaking from day one as well. So basically, even though the build starts today, the preparation started six months ago. Yeah, we've had, I think we've had four Skype meetings, you know, which if you, you kind of, if you had to map and draw the lines as to where everyone connected into, it's amazing. And, and you know, and the same even with, with Danny, Josh and Laura and how they've connected and become, you know, got to know each other. And that's what's great as well, you know, that whole family thing, is that even when you look back to, to last year with Chitty, the company are just, that company is still massively in touch. And, and, and that is what's great about Facebook and Instagram and, and WhatsApp and stuff, is that everyone stays so well in touch. It's, um, it's the, the boys that have previously come 2017, 2018, are immensely sad they're not here. Yeah. Um, for them to be finishing their third year, one's going into Mamma Mia, one's on tour with Titanic, the other two have been highly successful and got big things on the horizon. One of the boys is currently in Greece on tour. They, it's, but they're messaging us, yeah. they're getting the, the train and the ferry or they're flying. Their parents, their grandparents have, been sport, have all booked them into the world back, they're all coming back. So it, it must say something for what we do. Yeah. My role's completely changed from day one from this now, you know. It, it literally is, there is a team there and, all I've got to do is bring the money in <laughs> with, yeah. support, with the support of, as I mentioned earlier, that it's like the alphabet, it just runs from A to Z and it's so smooth. Uh, can I talk about the show itself then? Actually, oh, the about piece. the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the show. So, I'm always curious to know, Singing in the Rain is obviously so famous, so established from the film and the show. Do you have any personal connections to the, the film or the show in your past? I can't watch the film now. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, it, I think Chris's vision on this is... Um, you want it's a story, yeah. And I believe it. You know, the lip's not great, actually. In the, is it in the no, script? God, it's God. not a great lip. The music's amazing. But mm. the, so it, some of the, the lines that we're given are to emphasise exactly what. So we, we sat down around the table. Chris has explained to us, and he's got us thinking. And we're always got like, my notepads out, and we're always. So I really believe that the characters in the production, whether you're back row, tap dancer two, up to the leading man will show and come through. And that's what, that, I think that's what's made me fall in love with musical theatre over and over again, yeah. even more so on, on this show, where in, in some shows, yes, you know, you've got a great show there. Do you have a, a, a like a responsibility to sort of say to stay true to the, the source material of the original yeah. film, or do you have the, the freedom to sort of do pretty much what you want with it? I think it's really important that you always kind of remember what it's what it was written as and what it was written for. Which effectively for this, it was just a piece of entertainment. And when you read up about the piece and how it was first created for film, and that's what's different. But this musical to a lot of others, it was a it was a film first. Yeah. Whereas a lot of them are shows, yeah. then they're films, then they're back to being a show. This is a is a movie and it's very quick it's very episodic but the, the, the story is simply really about one of the worst times in cinema history mm. of going from the silent movie to the talkie and that's kind of it really then you've got the love story within that but it's all because of this change in the industry that was there and so when you start actually working out what the story is and forget about Gene Kelly and the people behind the characters mm-hmm. on the film you do, you've just got a story and what we've then, as a chore- the choreographical style, you kind of then kind of go, well, let's make sure we tick that box. 
so that you know the audience are going to get what they want. Yeah. You know, I always think about my parents when I'm creating a show because my mum just loves to go and see things, and she, but she has an expectation. So like my dad, when we went to watch the musical of Mary Poppins, he stormed out in the interview. He's <laughs> like, Dad, why? And said, well, they didn't dance on the ceiling. In the movie, they dance on the ceiling, yeah. and there's dancing penguins. Why wasn't there dancing penguins? And I'm like, well, it's the musical, Dad. It's yeah. different. Well, no. Don't have amazing penguins on stage. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what are you doing, Dad? But his theory of, like, there are iconic images in, in this show yeah. that audiences are expecting, and I hope we've yeah. delivered that and more. You won't look at Danny and go, oh, it's Gene Kelly, but you'll go, oh, when Gene, you know... It's Don Lockwood. It's Don Lockwood, yeah. you know. And, and I hope we've also... I to, but at the same time, I think we've paid homage to the film. Oh, yes. And we've paid homage to, to what is just... A, a stunning score. Well, the film's with three iconic leads. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. everyone looks up to. No, you. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Can we talk about um, your producing side, Matt? Uh, you've touched <laughs> on it there. <laughs> um, so you, you talk about you know, you've got that team behind you, which uh, obviously makes your life easier. What else does it entail apart from just bringing in the money? Oh, uh, the answer is a small place. Thirty-six by twelve, eighty thousand people plus. You can't get the wrong side of anybody. Yeah. As I mentioned before, you know, it's, summer season is, is, is something of the past. An iconic theatre right on, on the promenade looking over the sea. Beautiful. I always think of our programme sellers. I always think of them, I always think of Bex and the team, uh, who are fabulous. Because they're the first people that the audience see. And then going from there, come through, and, they, and they, they start selling the show for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the whole experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm always saying that your, the, your theatrical experience starts the moment you book your ticket. The moment you've exchanged that money online, your experience has begun. So when you leave, you know, to go to the airport or to get here and then to see the theatre, and what's great is when you walk, well, when you walk in, you see it. It's just an experience after experience. Like half of the joy of having to see a show here is before the curtain goes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having that drink or that ice cream and seeing yeah. the gorgeousness of this theatre. Yeah. The producer side, it, it sort of came aside sadly when dear old Patrick passed away and mm-hmm. we still um, highly applaud and respect the man who, who gave us the opportunity. And, and his name to the company. The name to the company, yeah. yeah. Well, well, the Taylorian actually is the Oxford Library. Yes. So, cause Patrick went to Oxford University. So that's just happened to be coincidence. Oh, wow. So that's yeah. why we took that. Yeah. But within, um, I think... I think that everyone thought that Mr. T left us millions, <laughs> and, and and that that didn't happen. Truthfully, you know, it no. wasn't it wasn't that way. Uh, so we are we we're not funded by a company, you know, we're not funded by by the members of a society, and that's why I touched on earlier is that you know we, we have a proper proper production lineup where we go and sell the production to the potential sponsors out there because without them we can't do it. You know, we, we you know, you're talking six figures plus. Um, and that's not a number one in front either yeah. to put these shows on mm. and, and you have to bring the quality of Chris and Kelvin and the team to come in to make these happen because I can't do it you know, I haven't got that director's eye I haven't got that choreographer eye but what I can do, I can talk to people and talking is, 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 is the number one game within here and it's also you don't know who's auditioning for you and you don't know who's out there you know. it Without mentioning a very, very generous company, I had no idea that one of the top directors of the company, his daughter was in the show. And then the next day, when I was called in for a meeting, you know, the accolade and applaud and, and handshake, and, yeah. and, and that's how the sponsorship came from there. Yeah. So you, know, you just don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. You don't know who you're meeting in town. You don't know who's husband, wife, child, who, who's part of. Yeah. And I also believe that your honesty and 
because you have to be honest within within the business here. You, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to prove to the accountants. So that's how we are. We're not profit making. We don't. Yeah. We're not not in it for that. We we're in it to. You know, we sit on a on a on a tight budget. We do a lot for charity. Um, we, we're very head up of of Nassim Pishface Brain Tumor Charity, which I support and I'm a trustee of. And I'll keep on doing this. It produces just a name. It, it's a title. It doesn't. It, it doesn't mean anything. Chris will tell you. I'll be, I'll be sweeping that stage later and making teas and coffees. Yeah. I don't care. You know that, Neil. I, yes. I, I don't care about that. As long as I can have the support of the team that I've got, and we can bring the money in, then tailoring will continue to happen. And hopefully, one day when, when my time comes up, I can hand it to somebody else. So back back in the day, then back in back in year one with underneath the arches, you played the part of Chesney uh, Allen, Chesney, yeah. who was uh, one of the lead the lead parts. Since then, you've kind of taken a bit of a back seat with just sort of small little cameos here and there. Is that because of your being so busy with your other sort of producer roles that, that doesn't give you the time? You don't have to be a leading man to steal the show, Neil. <laughs> 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 we know that. We know that from <laughs> you can have a moment on stage which the, which the audience will remember for a long time. Parchester, me and my girl. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had some, I've been very fortunate. I've played some fantastic roles over the last 35 years. I guess I get more of a kick out of the other side of it now, making it happen, mm-hmm. learning things I never knew was going on when I was performing. Yeah. Didn't understand that the sewing ladies were sewing till three o'clock in the morning, and and you know what? And and they weren't being appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've found all this out, and what these people do for us, and the carpenters that are cutting away outside their normal job. Do you, do you yeah. think they really want to build something after they've done a nine to five? No, they don't. What they do for their passion, everything else I've found out. That's that's the rule. That's how the show happens. I think we can have a, a very long, interesting conversation with you on another day about yeah, all, all of the roles that you've played o- over the years. But um, yeah. is there is there a, a, a dream role that would would tempt you back to to the front? There's a show that we've been trying to get for years, and we've been told as soon as it stops the world tour and it doesn't go into Blackpool like it has done for the last six years, that we'll get it. And I'd l- I'd love to be th- the one show that would entice you back if I was because I always audition as well so you know come, it's fair I'd like to play one of the dads in Mamma Mia cool. yeah, that's that's yeah. you know I think and then, yeah, then. <laughs> outside of that um, no I'm happy to do and take anything I, if I have to walk on and put a tree in the corner I'll do it it, it doesn't matter Neil and I were having a conversation earlier and we were sort of saying that you know if if licenses and ability to get any show uh, put, put that to one side yeah. if you could just get that show and do it next year what would it be? Well, Chris and I know our show for next year. All right, okay. okay. That's, that's our final question then, so we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, uh, um, and we are sworn to secrecy yeah. on it. We have a contract sitting in, in our inbox. Wow. We've got to the 19th of October, to, sorry, 19th of August, apologies, to pay the deposit on it. And it is a coup, and we are elated. Yeah. El- elated. So we're hoping by kind of September. Yeah. So, yeah, so we are to announce. We, um, things have changed this year because people have holidays after the show. And we will say thank you for the party. And uh, so all being well, we'll uh, announce it at the do. Chris, what's your future projects coming up? I like to do a few kind of amateur projects. I think they're really, for me, they're really important. So I've got, uh, I'm doing a production of Shrek in Chelmsford. And I've got uh, Maiden Dagenham in Norwich. Um, I'm also doing a kids show, which is uh, going to the Southbank Centre and in Leicester Square, um, and that's called <laughs> Happy and You Know It. Clap your hands. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, go- I'm doing a new musical in Kenya. So I fly to Kenya oh, wow. in October, and then my show that I've just done with National Youth Music Theatre is going to China. 
so I fly to China at the end, uh, and then obviously I come back here to do um, a tour on Christmas, and I'm doing panto at Watford Palace Theatre. Right. So I'm a little bit busy in the autumn, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's exciting. It's great to be busy. It's great to. It's a, such a fun job, and to be able to flip from projects to projects is great. And planning next year, we'll start next year quite soon. Well, hopefully then we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to find out yeah, really fairly soon what the next show is. We'll get to reveal that on a, on a future yeah, that'd podcast. Yeah, that's really good. Um, but for now, then. Thank you very much, Thank Matt you. and Chris. Uh, best of luck with the rest of, of tech. We hope everything you. goes up well. Yeah, I really appreciate your time, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much to Matt and Chris there and taking time out of probably one of the most hectic days of a show, Get yeah. In, where they bring all, every, all the set and um, into the theatre. They were setting up the floor for the um, rain machine as well, weren't they? Yes, yes, and that's that's going to be an, an impressive yeah. impressive site, I think, when that's finally built. I still couldn't work out how they were going to do it, but no. I think that was just me. Yeah. Can't <laughs> wait to see it, see it yeah. open and see it properly. Yeah. Uh, and also as well, with, with Matt there, I think that we've, we've certainly got to get Matt back for a, a future episode. Oh, I think there's, there's certainly a, a very interesting conversation to be had there about his... <laughs> theatrical past. So let's move on then to Act 3 and our Getting to Know You section, where I caught up again with Danny, Josh and Laura and uh, went through our questions and let's find out a little bit more about them. Okay, so back again with the the Sing in the Rain cast with uh, Danny, Josh and Laura. So first question first then, and we'll go to uh, Danny first. What was your first ever role? I was just thinking, and I don't know if it was a school play or if it was at my Amdram. I think the Amdram's the more interesting answer, I'll give that. Um, it was the steward in Into the Woods. Yeah. So it was a sometime, which I think's very posh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was a little spit. I remember I was so nervous. Um, I didn't want a singing role. I just said, what's a speaking role? And my director said, it's this little steward part. It was really camp and really posh. And it, yeah, I, I thrived in it. And it was I think that was definitely where I got the bug. Excellent. Josh, what was your first part? My first part was Bugsy in Bugsy Malone. Oh, brilliant. School. Yeah, that was in year yeah. nine at secondary school. Whoa. I know, it was the first thing I ever did. So I came, came to it quite late, really. It was a great role. It was hilarious. And we had the... the like, Splat guns. Splat guns and all sorts as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Laura? And mine was in, in Q Egg Primary School. I played Calamity Jane. Wow. Mainly because I'm quite clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the leading men, leading lady first <laughs> roles over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daddy. <laughs> okay, then, question number two then. What was your last or what was your latest role? Laura? Oh, Emily and the Hired Man. The Hired Man. The musical by Howard Goodall. And this was your, your college? That was my second year production at the mill in Guildford. Excellent. Josh? The last role I did would have been um, Murphy in Nashie's Music Theatre's Billy the Kid, right. which was now two years ago. Right. Um, because at school we don't do, and unlike um, Laura, we don't do a performance in second year, so we have to wait until our third year before we get that opportunity. So yeah, it would have been two years ago in, 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 in Billy the Kid. Cool. Danny? I was just in a production of Light in the Piazza, uh-huh. which is by Adam Getter, and we performed that at the Royal Festival Hall, and I was understudying Fabrizio, so that would be 
the last role I tackled. So you got to work with Cameron Dove then? Cam, uh, Dove, 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 sorry, Dove Cameron, sorry, yes. <laughs> Dove Cameron and Renee Fleming, yeah, they were both incredible. Yeah, my, my daughter was very excited when she found out you'd worked with Dove. Oh, really? Yes, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, a, she's a massive Disney, Live and Maddie and uh, Descendants fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, she had loads of young female fans at shows. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, so the next question, number three, what was your favourite role? Danny? I think I'll probably have to say Aladdin. Yeah. I don't think you can beat flying a magic carpet no. at the Prince Edward. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. Josh? I think my favourite role I've played so far would have to be the MC in Cabaret. Oh, wow. It was just like, such an incredible character to tackle and to really get into the mindset of. <laughs> um, and we did it in a fully sort of immersive theatre experience for the audience, so I was always amongst just the members of the public who come to watch. That was really, really good fun. Always fun, but at the same time, very difficult when there's a lot of people in the audience that you know. Massively. <laughs> um, and I had to go into the auditorium sort of 15 minutes before the show actually started and just sit at tables, and obviously everyone's around you, and I'm just sat there in this cheap white makeup. And a dinner suit, like being creepy, <laughs> and yeah, I just made sure I stayed in that mindset for the whole, whole time. Even when I was off stage, I didn't quite have character for that. Laura, what's been your favourite role? Um, have to be <coughs> truly scrummy, truly scrumptious. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely to fly to fly a car and oh. look after two kids and ride a motorbike and be in a toy box trapped. It's <laughs> <laughs> your future. <laughs> trapped in a toy box. <laughs> It was amazing. I loved it. Right then, question number four then, Laura. What would be your dream role? Yeah, I've been thinking about this. It would either be Fanny Price in Funny Girl or Sophie in Mamma Mia. Uh, Josh, how about you? What's, um, what's your dream role? I think I'm like Laura. I, I too, I think. Probably either Evan in Dear Evan Hansen or Elder Price in The Book of Mormon. Oh. I would... Yeah, that would be just like the icing on the cake of life, really. That would be fantastic, yeah. 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 An insane role. Danny, what's your dream role? This is really hard, because I've got roles... I'll say a role in the West End and then a role not in the West End. So maybe in the West End, I would love to do Phantom. Yeah. When I'm older. I, I love Parade. Anything in Parade, or... This is a really random one, but La Cage. Mm. I really see myself being that... What is it, the... Um, Alban, yeah, is it Alban? Just yeah. one day, when I'm older, I just think it's a great part. Comfortable in heels, then. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now the next next question number five, and this one can be a bit of a tricky one. Which was the part you were born to play? So now this can either be the character that in a show that is most like you, or the one that you would find the easiest to play. Danny, I don't really know how to answer this. For me, no no role is easy. Mm -hmm. I say. Everything has its challenges, but I might let <laughs> Josh and Laura give a few answers if they yeah. want. Yeah, okay, Josh. What springs to mind? I could definitely see you as Raoul, Fiero, Pippin, those kind of parts. Oh, mm. I, I like them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how about you? Well, I'm just going to go off the basis of what my mum says because. <laughs> um, Mum's no best. It, is, it, it comes back to Phantom as well. Like, when I was growing up, sort of, I've always loved Phantom. Um, and I always used to sort of attempt to belt it out around the house. <laughs> and so my mum would always be like, oh, one day that'll be you. You know, as mums do, they yeah. just 
to see you. So maybe, who knows? I think, yeah, I would love to play Phantom. And that, that style is... Oh. Slightly, slightly creepy, <laughs> slightly mysterious kind of guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and incredible music. Yeah. And just sort of radio you know, Danny's... You can be Raul, well, I'll be Phantom. Okay. And I'll be switch. Yeah, fine. And the dresses, because I would not be in that. <laughs> <laughs> you could be Madame Jury. Yeah, yeah. You'd okay. be a great Madame <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Laura, then what would, what's your part? I don't think I was born to play anything. I probably wasn't born to do this. <laughs> oh, stop time. it. Um, but the character in the show that I'd be most like would probably be, bear with on this, Princess Fiona. Because she yes. like appears yeah. to seem like this innocent girl and she wants everything by the book she wants everything perfect really she's just you know she farts she burps she's real she's a bit of a tomboy an ogre and she's an ogre <laughs> <laughs> she's an ogre yeah she's seen that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could totally see you play that role oh, okay right so moving on then to question number six then what is the best and worst or worst costume that you've ever had to wear Laura actually in this show with you Neil oh. so Robinson Crusoe oh yeah in the panto there weren't many boys so I had <laughs> to be boy villager that was probably the worst costume because I also had to be then a boy cannibal and we had to wear those unitards which had like flesh skin it to appear like you were topless you know and then the straw and the afro <laughs> yeah, because I, I had the afro and the, 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 the furry loincloth as well, yeah. So what's the best costume you've had? Um, my best costume was probably in Greece. I played cha-cha and I had like this red sequin ballroom dress and I just felt like I was in Strictly. Yeah, I just loved it. Brilliant. Josh? My worst costume I ever had was probably actually in a production of Singing in the Rain right. um, that we did at school. And we were fi we were filming one of the black and white old school movies, and I broke my leg just before we started <laughs> rehearsals. I know, tragic. So I was in this hideous blue cast on crutches at um, a place called Polesden and Lacey, which is a National Trust house back home, um, in these sort of like up to the knee kind of pantaloon type things, and this itchy. Um, wig and shirt and a heavy coat on the day that it poured with rain so it was quite a sight to behold of me hobbling through Polston and Lacey in period dress with a blue cast on <laughs> that was probably the worst costume I've, I've worn um, the best? the best costume was my um, sort of day to day wear that I had for Chitty last year mm. which um, Di who does all the costumes for Taylorian I mean she's a wonder woman how she creates these things and it was I had these these beautiful trousers that are my act two trousers I think actually um, in this show um, with the, this gorgeous shirt that she then added a completely handmade sort of um, cogs yeah cogs in but like a, like a um, brooch yeah almost and, and, and this waistcoat with boot and just the whole thing put together yeah. was so like so cool but classy and vintage but had this steampunk yeah it was great and yeah. so lovely to wear yeah, there's, there's never a bad costume with a Taylorian show no they are quite remarkable uh, Danny then so the worst costume I've had I feel bad for saying this um, it was I did a panto a few years ago and I think we were playing the ghosts or something oh, right. at one point you know classic stereotypical classic ghost gag ghost. yeah, yeah. Um, and it was almost like I was in pyjamas it was that it was just not the one 
<laughs> didn't feel fabulous in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the best costume, I would have to say, was in Aladdin. They, the, all the costumes in Aladdin mm. were phenomenal, to be fair. They won, I think they won a Tony Award for the costumes. Right. But it would be my Friend Like Me costume, which was a um, suit, waistcoat, jacket, trousers, gold, um, covered in Swarovski crystals. Okay. They probably had hundreds of Swarovskis on. They'd just fall off all the time, and then the wardrobe would have to glue them back on. And it was just the most ridiculous costume. So was that Aladdin, or was that your ensemble costume? That was actually my ensemble costume. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was amazing, and we had a fez, and it was covered in Swarovskis as well. Yeah, it was a really glitzy number. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> okay, the final question then. This is the gender swap one. This is obviously always a tricky one. Which role would you most like to like to play of the opposite gender? Danny, I, see, I can see you're still thinking, so should we go to Laura first? I've got two. Okay. Evan Hansen. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like Evelyn Hansen, maybe. No. <laughs> no, but you'd be playing it as a man, so that's. Oh right, okay. Evan Hansen then. Yeah. And um, Jean Valjean. Well, why not? Oh, got be Jean. Class. That's everyone, I think that's on everyone's tick list, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Josh, I'm gonna go with <clears throat> Peggy Sawyer in Forty Second Street. Mm -hmm. Just like insane tap, 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 tap everywhere, um, and great songs and yeah. Just, I think it would be so much fun to play. Danny. I don't think you can get any better than Alpha in yeah. Wicked. He's gone there. He's I've gone there. there. I'm He's sorry. That I have gone there. It was the show I got brought up on. It was like the show I used to listen to every day as a kid. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to be painted green one day. <laughs> that green paint gets everywhere though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Well, thank you very much. It's been uh, been great to sit, sit and chat with you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having us. Thanks then again to Danny, Josh and Laura for taking time out from their, their busy rehearsal schedule to talk to us. There was, there was quite an, an enlightening conversation there and... Uh, a great insight into their theatrical past and also some uh, suggestions for possible future Taylorian productions. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so thanks to everyone at Taylorian there. And with that, we bring this episode to a close, episode four of Singing in the Rain special. Now remember to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. If you have any events or any comments um, for us, or if you'd like to chat about future shows, please contact us through our social media accounts or email manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. So all remains is for us to say thanks for listening, and we hope you join us again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. Thank you, goodbye. Thanks. Thanks.